1: Welcome back to Sports Day. The Big Bash League begins tomorrow night with the Heat hosting the Stars. A reminder, you can listen to Every Ball Live on SEN and the SEN app. And Coons, there is a special place in my heart for the Big Bash League. I loved working on it for Fox. I'm always interested in it and how it's evolving and changing. The teams, the players, the storylines and the league itself. And the man charged with looking after the tournament is the general manager of Big Bash League's Alistair Dobson. And he joins us now on Sports Day. Alistair, welcome. G'day, guys. Great to chat. It is great to chat to you. How does the uh, general manager of Big Bash League spend the night before the Big Bash starts? I can imagine it must be like Christmas Eve in many respects.
0: Oh, it's pretty exciting. We have just finished a, a WBBL competition only a, a few days earlier, which has kept us on our toes for, for the last few weeks. But, yeah, we, we enter our men's season pretty excited. Yeah, the night before, it's... um. Hopefully all the work's largely done and, and the teams are uh, ready to go. So it's it's pretty
1: exciting. For those who haven't been following the, the news as closely as I have or the real cricket nuffies out there, what has changed about BBL 13 from BBL 12? Is it going to look different? How, how's it going to be different from uh, previous iterations of the tournament?
0: Yeah, I think the most obvious change is is a reduction back to a 40-game regular season from 56. So each team is going to play 10 regular season games down from 14. That's obviously been a big discussion point for the for a number of years, and, and as part of our new media rights deal with with Seven and Fox, that was a key a key point of discussion, and everyone was pretty aligned on that. So down to down to a shorter season, um, short and sharp, and, and full of energy and noise and colour like we love. So that's probably the main thing. I think the um, other than that it's the, it's the usual big events and big nights of the cricket that um, that everyone knows and loves. Uh,
1: so was there an acknowledgement that less is more then? Because it's been something that's been. I guess, you know, we've spoken privately about this, about um, the length of the season and the having to cram all those games into such a long period of time. Clearly now Cricket Australia and the broadcasters understand that less is more in this situation.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to, to phrase it. Almost a quality over quantity metric. I, I would say that, when we first went to a full fifty 56-game season a number of years ago, the, the world world cricket landscape did look very different to, to what it does now in terms of the amount of playing opportunities for players and the, and the really competitive environment that we exist in. So part of it, part of it is making sure our competition is, is appealing to players not only locally but around the world to play in the, in the BBL. Um, and, and that's shifted. It's a really dynamic environment where players have lots of options. So, But, but at the same time, from a fan perspective, um, yeah, making sure that it's, um, you know, ideally want fans, Lee fans wanting more at the end of the season, which I think we used to and perhaps haven't so much in the past couple of years. So um, it's been, um, it's been pretty well received all around.
2: Are there any new rules this year that we need to look out for, Out? No, no, we've, we've, as I said, we are focused mainly on on the shorter season. I think that's
0: the, that's the, the key for us. We, we've still got the power surge in there, uh, which I think everyone has, has grown to love pretty well. And, and we're still pretty focused on, on match lengths in terms of, you know, the, the length of a game um, and, and all the clocks that we've added and, and World Cricket has followed suit a little bit in terms of batters incoming batters getting out there quickly and, and obviously DRS timers doing their job. So that's that's always a focus for us. But, but this year it's about um, enjoying a, a shorter season and, um, and, and all that comes with that.
2: We enjoy the, the big names coming to town for the Big Bash, the international stars. It's it, How hard is it, you know, as a gem, trying to organise uh, and get these guys in at the right time, but also knowing that you're probably going to lose some of them at, at a point in time for international duties and, and some of them won't be playing in finals?
0: Yes, as I said, it's, it's a really competitive and dynamic marketplace if you like for those players around the world and they love, we know they love coming to play in the BBL the, the grounds they play in and the and the, and the environment and the quality of the cricket so we do sell that pretty hard and and we've also since since last season added another 50 percent on the salary cap so the money's um well, really helps. competitive now globally <laughs> it sure does um uh, and but that said you know we do know that the players have options and whether that's international commitments or, or other competitions and I think we're also very clear on the fact that the BBL isn't just overseas players we saw last year you know a good a good difference between you know Australian players playing a role Steve Smith with a couple of hundreds and and those sort of players as well as the overseas players but ultimately the final in Perth was won by a couple of relatively unknown local players who became instant heroes overnight and that's I think that's all part of the magic of the BBL is is not only the big names but those aren't those that were unheard of can become household names overnight and it's the mix of that that I think he's the key
1: for us. And probably Craig Simmons is the best example of that a few years ago Um, and the way he sort of leapt onto the national stage with his big hitting as an opening batter for the Perth Scorchers as well. I'm big on player availability, Um, and I know we've spoken about this, Alistair. I'm big on it. I've been big on it for a long time, and my view is that Cricket Australia should block out the mid-January window so no test cricket can be played between the end of the Sydney test and the start of February, for example, and have all the test cricketers playing BBL in that time. And that's sort of what happened last summer. But then we're back to this summer and we're playing against the West Indies. So from your department to other departments at Cricket Australia, how are those conversations? Because clearly from a, I guess, a tunnel vision perspective, you would love to have the best players playing BBL for as long as possible.
0: Yeah, we did see that last year and then we saw the impact that has. I, I think this year is a bit is a bit unique for us in that the World Cup in November has meant that, you know, a five-test Australian summer does get pushed right back through to the end of January. And it's a bit, it's a bit unfortunate from our perspective. But, you know, we saw, also saw... The heroics of the World Cup and, and would never would never change that. From next season, the next couple of seasons look much more like you've described them, Tom, in good. terms of the Sydney Test being the last international cricket of the summer, which does give us a really amazing opportunity for for the best part of a couple of weeks in you know, the back half of January to own that own that own that period. Hopefully, get as many of those players coming back for their for their BBL teams as possible. Because you're right, we did see last year, and we got we got a really good reminder of the power and the impact that those players can have. And and this year, it's you know it's a matter of. Um, you know the players that we have are still pretty amazing we can't wait to see Glenn Maxwell on on Thursday night play for the stars I think he's going to be the player that quite rightly people are going to follow around the country so there's still plenty to look forward to uh,
2: when Australia playing Pakistan I think first test over in Perth will you play uh, big bash at night or will that be a, a break while the test is on
0: yeah it'll be a break I think we, we play the first seven nights starting on you know starting tomorrow night obviously um, and then we have a five night sort of hiatus I guess while that that Perth test match happens given it's the time difference into the eastern states they play effectively into prime time so uh, it's an interesting little break for us five nights which effectively gives us a second chance to relaunch you know into the season proper if you like um, into that sort of Christmas and, and New Year period which is where it where it really shines. So, yeah, no, another unusual quirk, if you like, of this summer. But um, we are we are trying to take that as an opportunity.
1: Alison, you know Coons and I are deeply embedded in the AFL world and a conversation which happens all year in footy, which drives me insane, is what time will the AFL grand final be at night? And it's, <laughs> we're talking about it for six months and then it ends up being an afternoon grand final. And from a BBL perspective, clearly at a, at a I guess, uh, a less saturated level is... A game on Christmas Day. We seem to have it all the time, and we still haven't had a game on Christmas Day. How close are we to that? And what are the impediments to actually uh, introducing that as an initiative? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting
0: debate every year. I think with, with the realities with it, with a, a shorter season and less games, perhaps the need to to do that is less. With we, ultimately, there's generally a better slot than Christmas Day, and I think part of that is is a is the you know the welfare of our players and and our partners and our broadcast and everyone who probably still enjoys. You know, largely that day off, Um, it's not something that's on our radar right now. We think the remainder of a prime time, you know, summer for the BBL is is where it shines. And, you know, whether it's New Year's Eve um, or Boxing Day and all those big slots um, really play their role. So it's a discussion point. It's probably less so this year than in the past, just because we haven't needed to activate additional slots to get the games away. Um, and so it's probably not, probably less on the on the radar than it perhaps was.
1: Are there franchise leagues around the world that you take especially close notice of, and even take some of their good ideas and use it for our league over here? There's so many now to to uh, I, I guess to lean on, um, and there must be some good ideas in other leagues around the world where you can actually um, take them and, and use them for our benefit.
0: Oh, for sure. And I, on the flip side, I'd say that most leagues around the world have, have learned from the BBL being the the early trendsetter in this space. But from from things like you know player contracting and drafts and options. We we spend a lot of time looking at how the different competitions use those mechanisms to, for, for list management and for for building teams, and that's really fascinating. There's, there's not one size fits all on that between different versions of a draft and different versions of an auction. And then more broadly, how you connect with fans. And I think you know obviously the IPL is one that you look at, albeit it's sort of in a different stratosphere to to most other leagues. So there's only so much you can take take from that. We we work pretty closely with the with the guys in England who run the hundred. We talk to them fairly regularly. That's one that, despite being a slightly different format, looks very similar to, to, to the Big Bash in that it's got eight unique sort of franchise brands and and really focused on kids and family. So we we share lots of ideas with them. But then you know, every every competition is a bit different and brings brings something of interest. And and increasingly, you know, more so in the women's space, to be honest, with the WPL and and the 100 Women's competition, um, how we can continue to evolve our women's competition is um, is pretty interesting as well.
2: So with uh, us of us here in Melbourne listening, uh, Renegades and Stars fans, um, will, there, will there be two derbies this year? Uh, one at the MCG and one at Marvel? Yeah, they're both they're both
0: in they're uh, both in very early in the scheduling process. To be honest, it's um they're two bit two of the biggest games of our season, and 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 already selling well, and the, and the two clubs have got lots of big plans there. So yeah, one one just after New Year's at the MCG, and then one a couple of weeks later at um at Marvel Stadium.
1: Do you envisage a time when the BBL could expand into New Zealand, Alistair?
0: Um, yeah, I think ex- expansion is an interesting top context or a topic for, for the BBL. Um, we've got eight clubs that are still only, the reality is they're only 13 years old, um, which is which is a, a blink of an eye compared to an AFL club, for example, and, and we're still growing those brands. I think whether it's another country or another market in Australia or, or somewhere somewhere else is interesting and whether it's sooner or later I don't know it's not it's not the, the most pressing issue for us to be thinking about at the moment albeit it does bubble away as I said our focus is eight still emerging growing clubs that um, that are still still landing and finding their feet in a lot of ways
1: what's the best bit of your job
0: well I've never been asked that question Tom the best <laughs> bit of my job is is I think seeing packed packed crowds with lots of kids and families I think yep. you know it's going to be really hard to go past the final in perth last year which to be honest, was, was one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities when you got 50,000 people all in one colour screaming for, for their team and, and for, for a couple of local stars that most people hadn't heard of to hit to hit the winning runs in front of that crowd and, and just the way kids and families are able to come to the BBL and, and be part of that with lots of colour and fireworks and ultimately really exciting cricket. They're, they're the bits you you, um, you obviously uh, you get a lot of um, reward from um, and the hard work of our players and our clubs are part of that.
2: The WBBL final came down to the last delivery. You must have been happy with that. And how do you reflect upon the success of of that season?
0: Yeah, the, the WBBL is the best cricket league in the world for women, if not full stop. It's the it's got all the best players played. Not almost no other competition in the world can claim that. Where you've got every player that can play or wants to play does play. And I think that showed again this year. It's um you know we a final the Adelaide Oval was a fitting finale and and two. Consistently competitive teams that <clears throat> that um, were, were underpinned by homegrown talent. I think we saw in this year's WBBL that despite lots of uh, you know world famous overseas players coming in, it remains the Australians and, the, and our domestic local players that that um, that always shine. Which I think shows the, the depth and quality of Australian cricket. But um, it was a great season, and, and we, we're still um, really optimistic and bullish about the future of that competition uh,
1: globally, but also locally. So is the timing right then? That that sort of uh, early summer. Um, time slot. Is are you gonna leave it there?
0: Yeah, I, I think for now we are Tom. I think the, the December January period is full of lots of cricket between we just discussed earlier between D B L test cricket and other things and, and for the WVBL to have its own slot in the summer or in in the cricket summer calendar is really important. Um it's uh it's it's the right spot for it and, and um from a broadcast perspective we get prime time coverage um and, and clean access to, to that time of year, so we like it there.
2: So the draft is done, the recruits are in, you've poured over the list, you're the GM. Uh, when you look at everything, who's the team to beat oof. this year? Oof, oof, oof. Yeah, I, th-
0: I think one of the great things about the BBL is because there's a little bit of movement every year between overseas players and, and this year we've seen, obviously, Adam Zamp across clubs in Melbourne and a few other pretty interesting change of clubs. It does it does bounce around. It's going be really hard to go past the Scorchers again. They're going for three in a row and they've got gener- a generational kind of talent kind of pool in uh, in Perth which is pretty phenomenal I think so I'd say the Scorch is going to be there and thereabouts and and, and the two Melbourne clubs have had a real crack I think yeah you know, Glenn Maxwell didn't play a game last year from an injury and and not only is he back but we've all seen you know how he's back and I think they're going, it's going to make the Stars uh, an incredibly competitive team and I know the Renegades have spent a heap of time off season building a, a list that they have some some real confidence in so I think Scorch is going to be hard to beat but wouldn't surprise me if one of the two Melbourne teams are thereabouts as well.
1: And just before we let you go, there is a new final structure as well this year. What's the thinking behind that?
0: Yeah, I think we had a five-team, five-game final structure. I think it was a, it was an obvious um, adjustment with it with a you know the less is more kind of mentality. And you know, four teams qualifying out of eight is probably the right number. And it's a pretty it's a pretty traditional kind of finals model there. Um, you know, and how that will play out. So uh, it was a pretty
1: easy one. Alistair, really appreciate your time. Um, you've got a big job on your hands. The WBBL was flying this year. I really think the changes you've made for the Big Bash have been uh, fantastic. After a couple of years where it probably, I oh, am not know because it lost its way, but it didn't quite have the appeal that it used to. So I think a shorter season, more punchy, internationals playing, new final structure. Um, it's going to be a really great summer of cricket uh, with the white ball and the coloured clothing. And I uh, look forward to, to listening to it on SCN and having you on again soon.
0: Yeah, thanks. I really enjoyed the chat.
1: That's Alistair Dobson, the general manager of BBL and the WBBL. More Sports Day after this.